You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Jody Hayes. Jody, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Jody, we're talking about your show, um, which is up now at Susan Inglet. Um, it's a beautiful show. I, I got to see it, and I, I want to talk about some of these pieces. Um, the the material, let's, let's first talk about the material, because these are collages, and you're also... Um, you're also dyeing some of these. How does how does that work? What's happening here in terms of the medium? It, you know, what I could tell is that there's cardboard on here, uh, but also it looks um, stained or, or, as the medium indicates, um, dyed, right? Right, right. Oh, thanks for seeing the show. Um, I am using a variety of materials for my collages, most pervasively, I use dyed cardboard. So I'll take cardboard from, you know, recycle bins or boxes and shipments and dunk them in a dye bath, usually in my backyard. And once the um, cardboard is soaked, you can then peel the the outside layers away from that middle corrugated part. So what happens when you peel that part is like the dye has made its way through those rivulets in the corrugation, and it's a kind of take on the grid that was um, immediately fascinating and important to my practice. Yeah, I love that because there are these kind of gradations in there that are that are really beautiful. There's a, a piece called Cotton 2022, and that's a little bit different, right? The some of them are are, are cardboard only. This has paper and cardboard. Uh, I wasn't sure everything that was in it, but there's. Um, it looks almost like envelopes or candy wrappers or, or different kinds of things, right? This is, this is yeah. two different kind of weights of material and different. Absolutely. I mean, cotton is a little bit larger. Um, I'll say there's there's, kind of um, my my broader practice of the works that I make that are collages, but I couch them within the language of and history of painting. But I'm kind of DJing in these um, ha- like rural handiwork moves through quilting and piecing. And the work specifically for the Inglet show, it's always been a two-person with um, Michi Mecca's work. So his work, which is so invested in a more he uses unconventional materials, but uses a more um, conventional take on landscape. I wanted my work to very much be in conversation with his. So mine, in terms of titles and also materials, kind of hinge on a psychological landscape or a conceptual position of landscape. So the um, pieces that are strictly dyeing cardboard, sometimes there's tape in there or Post-it notes. The one that you mentioned, um, cotton is... Uh, also dye and paper and some of the um, kind of striping came from boxes. Um, There are paper boxes in there and sometimes fabric and also acrylic paint, which is sometimes I'll kind of cut through a little bit of the nostalgia of the material with either stenciling or um, X-Acto knife kind of cutting through a designed element. So that's what you see and the more tapestry-like work, which is cotton, um, which is the largest one that I that's in the Inglet show. 
I like thinking of it as tapestry-like work. I, I like that. And also the conversation you mentioned, um, the other artists in the show, is interesting because, right, that work is, is landscapes in a sense. And, and you said um, that yours could be seen as, um, I've got the word used exactly, but a, a kind of um, conceptual or, or psychological landscape. Is, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, Mitzi and I are both from the South, and we are also um, contemporary artists who've chosen to stay in the South. Um, and that's a really important, um, like, psycholog- psychological positioning for us. We've, we've talked about it and, like, absolutely connect about it. Um, and being in the South, being around the landscape that is so um, full and dark and rich, um, you know, both both formally and also just emotionally and like historically, we have a different take, I would say, on um, what landscape as a genre and art history points us to. And sometimes, you know, I think Mitchie said, like, I'm I'm no Hudson River school guy, even though his work is certainly in that lineage. Um, And for me, landscape is a little, I mean, obviously there's a formal nod to like paper and wood. The strainers that I use um, at this point and panels are on wood. Um, But it's it's the way maybe the southern landscape feels. Um, Weathered boards, bleached out screen doors, peeling paint. And I think also for me, it's like a resourcefulness of what happens when you're from a rural place. I'm, I'm from a town of 1,400 people. And um, I don't think that kind of positioning ever leaves you, like the idea of community and commitment and discipline that you find within like those small towns. So yeah, we both kind of hit the landscape nail um, on the head, but in very different ways with our work. So I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about the coming from the South that you mentioned that, that both you and, and he kind of related to and, and stayed in the South. Um, I'm from the North. I mean, I never think of it quite that way. But uh, and, and I guess there's, I have different assumptions about the South and the North. Why is it a difficult place to stay or why did you stay? And, and what is the, uh, if, if we can get into that, the the story there, like, as, as you mean, as opposed to moving to a major city or, or yeah, per, or particularly for visual artists. Um, yeah, I think particularly for visual artists um, to be connected to a larger conversation, often it means you you move and you stay away from the south. Um, you know, it's just more rural and less. Um, I don't know, just it less. It matters less to powers that be in the art world. So. You know, it was a real um, sticking our flag, you know, on the turf of where we're from. Um, I can't, I mean, I, I spent eight years in Boston, so um, I certainly had my, and spent a lot of time in New York City, too, and spent some a summer studying at Cooper Union. So, um, you know, both Mitchie and I are very rooted in what happens on the coast and larger cities and do our homework and know the research of where we are in terms of contemporary painting, but having um, that uh, awareness and positionality coupled with the fact that we also still want to make our work not far from where we grew up, um, it's horribly inconvenient sometimes for an art career, but 
I think um, if you look at the work that he and I make, it's uh, refreshing. It's important. It's um, it's uh, we just can't leave it in a way. Margaret Wrinkle actually in the New York Times wrote a piece called "What Does It Mean to Be a Southern Writer," and in it she says something like, it, "It's less about you know kudzu and and biscuits." And Flannery O'Connor says this too, and it's it's more about um, being aware of the intense history and tragedy and messed upness that is the South, but also um, there's also beauty and a connectivity and a and a real charge to the conversations that Southerners have to have together um, that I didn't find as much in Boston. Um, and yeah, it's so. What is that charge? That's really interesting. The charge of conversation, because that's the thing that there's a different conversation everywhere, right? Especially around the arts, but in general, how people are are with one another, how we converse, how we discuss, how we manage relationships. You know, the, mm. the, the North, New England, I always think is, is a little bit chilly, a little bit cold in terms of, of you know, people can be very tolerant, but, but not, not the warmest sometimes, um, as, as opposed to the, the South. You were talking about a conversation, which is, which is what? How does that differ, if I can ask that? Um. You talked about it being charged. Actually, I want to I want to ask you what you. I mean, I'm I've. Uh, ask me anything. I, sure. Well, I'll start it with this. I'll start it with this. I have a, a really good friend who is also an artist and grew up in upstate New York and like loved country music and and she moved to Tennessee for a bit and she said, I don't know, can I be an honorary southerner? And I, I um, kind of in jest, she was asking because there's so much about this culture the blues, the Delta, um, G's Ben Quilts, Rosie Lee Tompkins, Jasper Johns, Robert Rauschenberg, Kara Walker. I mean, there's endless um, fodder for the imagination, the Southern imagination, and I didn't even mention writers. So, um, but I think like when you, um, not you personally, but my life as an artist, um, when I talk about, landscape or where I'm from. My work isn't necessarily autobiographical, but it it comes from a certain lens and viewpoint. And there's a a charge and a subsuming when I'm talking to someone from the South who also knows the Jack Whitten quotes and the, you know, knows from which my work comes from an art historical standpoint, but they also know where Arkansas is on a map. Um, and I literally I still get it once a month from people not from the South who don't know where it is or, you know, have never visited or, um, so I, I, it's a, a charged conversation in that there's a kind of a come upness that Southern artists have. And, and I'll say too, I'm from like a real rugged, like country, Southern rural. I'm not so much from like the South of, um, Southern Bells and uh, I don't know. My, mine's much more of a kind of woodsy outdoor, outdoor kind of South. Um, yeah. And and so and so that, that that's helpful and that's interesting. Yeah, I um, I'm, I'm glad we talked about that a little bit. I mean, because that's also influencing both your work and in this show. 
And, and, and so you're having more coming up this year. Can we talk a little bit about what's, what's coming up? This show, of course, is, is, um, is still up. It'll be running to the 28th of January at Susan Inglet, and there's links in here so uh, listeners can find out more and see it. But what else is coming up for you this year? I know you're having a busy year or next year. Yeah, I got, uh, let's see, I've got a show. My first in Chicago is going to happen at Devening Projects in April. Um, and just supporting the work, kind of having uh, longer reach, uh, bigger strides, so that I'm kind of gearing up for some things like that to happen next year. Um, and I think, let's see, what's next? I have a museum show that like hasn't really been nailed down in terms of timing yet, or I should say that the goalpost has moved a lot for that one. Um, but yeah, mainly working at a, I just came off a residency, so getting that work back into my studio and seeing how to work. Um, actually, my big studio push outside of like the public openings and stuff is figuring out how to make work in modules. And when I was, I don't know if you saw the key for show down the street from Inglet um, that's up I right did, now. But yeah. I did, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's amazing, right? I mean, I spent most of my time going back to that and thinking, how are those put together? I wish I could see the back. (laughs) How big is this Um, studio? Is this really the issue? Is studio must be like, you know, an airplane hangar. I mean, it is. It's bigger. But But also they're made So that made you think in modular ways you were talking about. They're what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're seamed together. In fact, if you, I mean, I spent a lot of time looking and then Mitchie and I talked about it later, but the work looks like it's made in whole and then it's taken apart as if you would like cut a birthday cake with a lot of icing and then you pull it apart. You can, if you go again, like take a look because there are seams, which I mean, happens a lot in keepers work, but the pulling apart made me think, ah, he's made it. And then like, even if he has a, even if it's Kiefer, if he's got an airplane hangar kind of studio, like they've got to make it onto some kind of container at some point. <laughs> um, right. It's got to get to New York. And, I mean, yeah, right? So not, fit through I, the door. Yeah. I mean, there's big doors in that gallery, but it's got to be... Uh, it's still a yeah. door, right? Yeah, right. so that that's actually the creative like juice that's got me flowing, just always seeing work up there. Um, the last time I was in New York was just a few months prior to see the tail end of the Whitney Baniel. So um, it always makes me feel like alive and a part of the conversation to see work and then you come back to your studio and kind of roll your sleeves up you know right and so you were talking about it you know um looking forward to to future work and having a a modular aspect to it is that what you mean by working larger and pulling things apart the work that we've been talking about was around four by four feet right Right. The work, the largest piece in the show at England is 71 by 56. Um, And I've got certainly even larger pieces, but for that show, it's a smaller space. And there were just four of my pieces in conversation with um, four of Michi's. So, yeah, figuring out um, all this. I also saw, like, related to this idea of figuring out – some formal kind of structural and then even like spatial and sculptural parts of my work. Um, seeing Torquoise Dyson's work at Pace a couple of times was also just mind-blowing. Um, I feel like she dropped the mic on that show for sure. 
Um, so yeah, figuring out how the work um, can have a conversation with the the floor, and you know, what does it look like when a tapestry would like occupy a whole wall, um, like an enormous wall? So those are kinds of the way that I would like to have conversations with my paintings that also bring in architecture. Those are kind of where my my head is going to be when I roll up my sleeves. I like that. And and does that mean that it'll also be larger because it's um, modular or, or in conversation with other aspects of the room? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the work is already really larger. I just chose small ones for the for Inglet. Um, I mean, I've got pieces that are as long as like 20 feet and as high as 9 feet. So... Um, the the next couple of years or year especially will be a matter of like how does how does that live on the wall and institutionally where will they live or you know um and what if you i don't know i just think i i just got um i'm interviewing virginia overton for she's a a nashville nashville raised artist but has based in new york of course for so long and interviewing her about her pieces and um, she talked a lot about like responding to wherever she is like for example her Whitney show um, was about like finding a truck and then um, I think that was the truck with cement that was in the parking garage but just the idea of like finding what's around you and then um, letting that kind of take on a monumental monumentality or something so yeah seeing what that means like very pragmatically is that going to be working in sections like kefir is that going to be working in sculpture that collapses or even like Helen O'Leary and how she um, she makes her work and then she sends it in the same boxes and crates that are then part of the work you know so maybe that's not my work but maybe it's a part of the conversation I want to like start to like put my foot in the door in I like that. I'm, I'm glad we talked about that. I, I, I want to ask you one more question before we go, and, and I wish you well in your upcoming year. Um, what are you reading at the moment? I'm always curious what everybody's reading. Okay. I am reading um, the Gustin book, which I have been reading for an entire year. <laughs> mm. So it's so giant. It's the last, like, really giant publication. It's so big that it sits in one place, um, and uh, I kind of come back to it maybe uh, once a week. Um, I always read the Brooklyn Rail, so whatever that, you know, it comes to, I have it sent to my door. Um, and I'm looking around my studio now, and in my, like, stack of kind of um, close at hand always is Jack Whitten. That's from the woodshed. So those are those are some solids. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for talking to me today. I want to wish you well with this show that's still going on. There's links here that people can learn more and also um, the shows that are coming up in the new year. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. And thanks for seeing the show. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.